it's intense, especially to serve a preemie population. It is intense amounts of research, and that comes down to making sure that we're always using ingredients that are known to be safe. The, the same ingredients that are safe for an adult may or may not be safe for a preemie. And finding original research that is reputable, that for example was done in hospitals, that can all be verified around both pregnancy and um, and or baby skin is it's a it's a dive i mean you just you swim and swim and sort and sort and but it's also that's fun for me i enjoy that hello 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 everyone today is a fine day if i do say so myself this episode is going to be so skincare licious you all know I am a skincare buff. When it comes to skincare, there is no rock that goes unturned. And I happen to work in one of the most specialty niche boutique parts of the world, the NICU. And I would say that skincare is on the forefront of our minds right now, especially in healthcare. Our generation is really becoming engaged in becoming an active and knowledgeable consumer, right? And therefore, this episode is going to be an amazing one for you guys. Today, I have the founder of BEB Organic, Kim Walls. Fun fact for all of you. I would bet that some of you NICU providers and parents listening today actually have these products stocked at your bedside in the hospital. Two of the hospitals that I have worked in are currently stocking BEB organic products, and it makes me thrilled, and you guys are going to know why after you listen to this episode. Today, we sit down with entrepreneur, innovator, and founder of BEB Organic, a skincare line expertly formulated and beloved by NICU providers and even celebrities. And today, we're really going to dive into why. So this company really prides itself on uncompromising standards exclusive ingredients, and luxuriously healthy innovations. They're also helping families to feel calm and confident as they build connections with touch, even in the most vulnerable population, the NICU. For those of you new to the show, my name is Tori Meskin, and I am the founder of the Nurse Tori Selfie Show. We are on a mission to make healthcare hip one selfie at a time. This is a platform dedicated to the fascinating people here in the healthcare space, sharing career journeys, life tips, resource tricks, and really getting to know the person behind the journey. So I have always been a very curious person, almost nosy you might say. And I'm fascinated by people's journeys. And Kim Walls was someone who popped up in my life several times over the past couple years, and I could not wait to get her here on the podcast. Kim is the founder of this NICU skincare line working to provide a lifetime of great health for preemies. Also a little side note and information about these products. So all of these products are pregnancy, newborn, and preemie safe. We're really going to deep dive today in understanding the power of touch, how texture, consistency, and aromas affect even the smallest population, and how skincare can really help your mind and overall health. We dive into how BEB is creating fair trade products from acutely researched source ingredients 
and how BEB is really helping us at the bedside with brain and body development in our most vulnerable population. And if you guys stick around to the end, we have something really special for each and every one of you. So without further ado, let's dive in. Basically, a series of things happened where your brand, your company kept popping up into my life. And it was kind of crazy. So I think it was Brave Beginnings. You got hooked up with Brave Beginnings. Is that correct? It is. Yes. And so for those of you listening, Brave Beginnings is an organization that raises um, funds and grants for NICUs in need. Um, And they basically provide grants to company or to hospitals and NICUs who um, need equipment that they can't afford and things like that. And so Kim came on a podcast and they had asked me a couple years back to come on and um, do a podcast with them. So that was my first exposure to the skincare line. I was like, who is this? And then literally a month later, I was working bedside and I saw the logo uh, at the bedside of a baby I was working on. And I was like, oh my gosh, we're stocking these products. <laughs> and then I went to a, in, um, a conference and you guys were a huge vendor there. So it was like this, it was like a weird thing where you kept popping up in my life. And then for whatever reason, I think you and I, we teamed up for a couple of things. We did a giveaway. And I just love you. I think I just the more I've gotten to know you, Kim, you're just this amazing entrepreneur, this powerhouse woman, and I'm fascinated by you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the love and respect is mutual. Everything you have done out there and the way you put yourself into the community and support Mm. people and chase your dreams and how many different types of things you do, I find it very inspiring. Well, and you're like this serial entrepreneur, and I just can't wait to dive into that. So for people, the audience who's listening, um, can you give a little background about your beginnings and, you know, this entrepreneurial spirit? Where did this come from? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it was probably in my DNA, honestly. My father was an entrepreneur. My grandfather was an entrepreneur on his side. My great-grandfather on his side was an entrepreneur that came over and started a beer company, came to America, started a beer company, sold that. And so there's a very long history of that. But I think even more, you know, we as parents model for our children. And I think that there's just been a very long history of modeling of that behavior. And what comes with it, too, is know-how and knowledge and tips. You know, even with my kids now, I'll, you know, I'll, ha- I'll ask them to do something simple. They're 14 and 17. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll be like, hey, can you mail this package for me? And they'll be like, what? How do you mail a box? <laughs> There's these things that seem like they would be common knowledge, but they're not. Right. And so growing up in an environment where what it takes to create skincare products, build a business, do those things, that was just around me all the time. So I feel incredibly lucky for that. Where did your passion for skincare begin? Yeah, that's, that has been quite a journey. So the company my father founded is called Epicurin. And that is a medically oriented skincare company because he had vitiligo, which for people who don't know is a skin disease where melanocytes don't produce enough pigment. So you get white spots essentially around your body. I used to call him Palomino Pony. I thought it was so cool looking. And 
And yeah, he got into skincare to try to solve that really. And that's, that's a cellular level solve, right? And he, it, that, it didn't work out, but what he did do was create an incredible skincare line uh, that in a new form is still around today and used in doctor's offices and uh, all over the place. So the, the knowledge for chemistry and you know, sitting on the counter and testing different types of mixtures that could later be developed further and used on skin, those kinds of things are tied to my experience as a daughter. And I have very fond memories of these things. So there's an element of emotionality to it. And then as I got more and more into creating skincare and teaching people how to use skincare, like nurses and doctors, that it was so long ago that dermatologists and plastic surgeons really weren't using skincare at all in their practices. It was all needles and blades. And so we, my father was part of the generation of skincare companies that started working with the medical practices to improve their outcomes and you know, provide really just mostly better outcomes, but also all kinds of other benefits. Um, so I got to see firsthand how skincare can make a big difference in somebody's health and in their mind, in their in how they feel about themselves. And and then when I went to school, and here's a complete divergence, but then it all comes back together. What I studied was anthropology. And it was anthropology with a double minor in art history and religious studies. And in retrospect, when I think about what those things are, it's studying brands. It's the way people behave in a culture. It's their visual representations. It's, it's essentially studying how to understand and build brands. So the tools that I had to do that were skincare and skincare products and knowing the potential in those to tell stories. So I call building skincare and beauty brands my love language. It's, <laughs> it's how I get to communicate and hopefully make a difference in people's lives. One thing that's true of every entrepreneur I've ever known is that it's a, there's a roller coaster essentially involved. And in fact, I have a, a very good friend who um, unfortunately committed suicide. It was all too much for him. But he called it the panic euphoric continuum. So if you imagine like sometimes feeling panicked and sometimes feeling so elated, it's a very extreme kind of life. And so I saw my dad go through horrific financial troubles and big lawsuits and big stuff that doesn't normally happen to most people. And so with that, um, I learned a lot about resilience and overcoming challenges and uh, facing things head on. And also you saw him do some things I thought you know, I'm just, I'm not going to repeat that behavior. <laughs> There's a lot to love and a lot not to love. <laughs> <laughs> it's always happens. It's okay. What I love about your company, I think, is one, how transparent you are, because you're so transparent with your products and the quality of them. Um, how did you source your products when you were looking? So when it comes to sourcing ingredients, the, the source of the plants that make up the skincare ingredient matters. You know, certain ingredients are grown in depleted soils versus ingredients that are grown in natural soils that have communities of plants around them and an ecosystem that fills them with more nutrients and more healing potential, more potency. So where the ingredients come from matters a lot. 
how those ingredients are sourced. You know, are people being treated fairly and are they given safe working environments as they source those ingredients matters a lot. And there are tons of examples where, you know, castor bean is actually a great example. They can be poisonous to the people who are picking them. And when it's not done in a location that has oversight and is organic and fair trade and all of those things, we can literally be poisoning people who are creating wonderful things for us. And so all of the elements, not only of the quality of the ingredients themselves, but of how they are sourced have been considered and matter and are beautiful. And then how you put a formula together matters, right? It's it's like cooking essentially it's like cooking at scale. And when you make a, a cake or something like that, the consistencies to get them just exactly right have to be you know, certain temperatures at different times and there's a whole mixing process and then the testing. Uh, the testing process that we go through to be able to service hospitals is exceedingly high. Everything is tested. Everything from levels, you know, looking for heavy metals, looking for obviously like bacteria and mold and all of those things. And even ocular testing to know that something is safe for the eye in case it gets in the eye. There are tons of, of clinically necessary and relevant testing procedures that have to go. And it's not just one time, it's every single batch. And we make fairly small batches so that the products can always be fresh. So there's an element there. Another thing that is really important about the actual formula development is the texture and the consistencies, the aromas of the products themselves. So when dealing, for example, with extremely sensitive skin, especially you can say from your experience in NICU, there are sometimes things like, you know, missing skin from pulling off tape or abrasions or, you know, incisions and puncture wounds. There, there's a lot going on that makes the skin of preemies extremely vulnerable. And so in designing products, we need to consider that, that there's an extreme potential for sensitivity, but also the textures. One thing that that happens a lot, you see it a lot, especially in toddlers and as kids start to get a little bit more um, open with their own opinions about things. Uh, you see it a lot when they're when a parent tries to apply sunscreen and they go to rub the sunscreen on. Babies don't like rubbing. Children don't like rubbing. Most people don't actually like it. They like <laughs> they like a firm, steady pressure. And so to make sure that these babies love to be touched and to make sure that the parents are getting a positive experience that the baby is loving to be touched. The textures themselves of the products, it needs to be very light and thin. There can't be any rubbing. And so that's another element that goes into the creation of products that are designed for incredibly sensitive skin and also to support a parent-child or a caregiver-child relationship. This interesting is at one of the hospitals that I work through, they are stocking the massage oil. And so the OTs and the PTs will, um, you know, every baby gets their own bottle and then um, they work with parents and teach them how to do a gentle massage. And it's so amazing. And I love, first of all, I love the oil. <laughs> so the oil is amazing. <laughs> Thank you. And I'm so happy we're stocking it. I know obviously these products are really good for our NICU population, but can you speak mm -hmm. to the population that you hope that this line reaches? Like what's your goal yes. with this? Absolutely. I, it, 
Well, I'm just going to say I use the products sometimes on myself, too. Yeah. I love them. I know, right? I really especially love the foaming cleanser for my own face. It feels so good and it smells so good. So um, I'm a little addicted to that one. Anybody, anybody can use the products. And different products are right for different people. It really comes down to what makes somebody feel good. When people like these specific smells. I mean, it's 100% free of synthetic fragrances, no synthetic colors, no synthetic anything. Uh, But it comes down to what people enjoy and what makes them feel good and uplifted and and well hydrated. And and so I anybody could use them really, truly. Mm -hmm. It's it comes down to personal preference. Yeah, I love I mean, I think it's interesting because these are products that could go beyond the NICU. And it's funny because in my head, I'm like, if this product, if these products are good enough for literally the most vulnerable population in the sense of it's, you know, the fragrance free and um, the quality of the products, I'm like, I want to use these products because they're so good. (laughs) Well, one of my favorite media quotes um, from Stroller Traffic, actually, was level up from baby safe to preemie safe. Yeah, I thought yeah. that's a good message. Yeah, like, why not? We care a lot about safety. We do, and there's a lot more that is that needs to be considered to serve a preemie population. And why shouldn't every baby benefit from that? Yeah, and I will say too to speak to that a little bit on the clinical side, their skin is so thin. The idea that your skin absorbs so much and. Up until more recently, I would say we weren't really thinking as much about how much is absorbed into the skin and into the bloodstream. And so it's interesting because this pro- these products are so gentle and, you know, like, as you said, you know, babies do get tears. They get, you know, we're putting lines and tubes and, you know, they do end up with puncture wounds and things like that. And so um, I feel very confident <clears throat> when I'm giving my little my tiny a bath or, you know, trying to massage an oil with a parent. And I feel really good about doing this with, with my parents at the bedside. So it's lovely to have these products. That's so amazing to hear. I can't tell you how satisfying and how it warms my heart to hear you have that experience. It I'm so happy. It's it's really <laughs> it you. is. It's really meaningful. How do you find your products? Like are they sourced from around the world or how do you So the ingredients themselves are sourced from all over the world, different places in the world. It depends on where the best quality of that particular ingredient can be found. So things like Arnica, you know, maybe that's from the Swiss Alps and things like a Rose Auto, maybe that's from Bulgaria. So it really, it depends on where the best sources are. And I'm always in pursuit of, of something that also has a history, right? I think people who have lived and worked with these plants, many of them with medicinal histories, culturally, I think there's a higher standard for how to produce them and ensure that that quality stays all the way through to when we get to use it as to make a formula. Yeah. So I try to source from places that have a history with that ingredient as something that they use in food or, or skincare. Right. That's so interesting because I do feel like that's something we don't really think about is that, you know, talking products, some things are grown and better sourced from around the world, not just here. Mm -hmm. There's so many different amazing, 
you know, plants and <clears throat> herbs and things that grow in better places. So mm-hmm. it depends on the climate and the soil content. And this is where the anthropologist in me comes. I was going to say, right? so how do you re- <laughs> how do you research all this? Like, how do you even think to be like, oh, this should be in this product? How do you do that? Oh my goodness! Um, Sometimes, so inspiration comes from many different places. <laughs> it's not necessarily one thing. And I, uh, if you think of even how a fashion designer might design a collection, you know, if you're going into just the pure product development process, maybe they've traveled somewhere. Maybe they've, you know, eaten something. It's that the sources and sparks of inspiration can literally come from anywhere. It can come from reading original research from NIH, you know, I for literally for, I'm a complete geek about this stuff. So I will spend weekends sometimes if I'm tired, just sitting on the couch reading original research about ingredients and skincare and new formulas and baby skin and, yeah, you know, yeah. sort of the world out there. So I don't, it's not a linear process. It, it has to do with inspiration. I think for so many, that is, uh, like, as an, a true entrepreneur, it's not a le- linear process. You yeah. know, it's like you're learning, you're testing, you're trying, you're, you know, doing things. And I think that's such an interesting aspect of it is, like, sort of, you know, the true entrepreneur in you, okay, let's try this, let's try that. And also the amount of research that goes behind it's intense, especially to serve a preemie population. It is intense amounts of research. And that comes down to making sure that we're always using ingredients that are known to be safe. The The same ingredients that are safe for an adult may or may not be safe for a preemie. Correct. And, yeah. And finding original research that is reputable, that, for example, was done in hospitals, that can all be verified around both pregnancy and um, and or baby skin yeah. is it's a it's a dive. I mean, you just you swim and swim and sort and sort. And yeah. but it's also that's fun for me. I enjoy that. <laughs> How did you collaborate with someone in the medical? Oh, yeah, I was gonna say, because that's like a huge part of it. Even for me yes. in school right now, diving through research and trying to figure mm-hmm. out, you know, what's reputable, what's not. It's it's a lot. Mm-hmm. It is. So you did collaborate with the medical. I collaborate with all kinds of people, doctors, nurses. Like if you and I were to sit down and actually just have a conversation, I guarantee you, you would come up with some idea or something and it would spark a product idea in me. (laughs) Totally. Like, let's make it. And then, you know. Let's uh, do it. Next collab coming up. Let's do it. It's for sure it's important to have that. And even, you know, for example, it's not even just the formulas, it's the content we're putting out there and the recommendations. So I wrote a book called Mindful Touch for Babies Born Early that was really intended to, which obviously you know about, because yes. <laughs> we I, talked about yes, that. Yes, plug that. <laughs> yes, everyone um, needs to go check this out. It is amazing. It's wonderful. We have a, a lot of good, got a lot of good research or information in there. Well, right. So I, as as a layperson, I mean, I do have a, a master's degree in nutrition and literally a lifetime of experience formulating and working with preemies off and on, but I'm still a layperson. Right. And so the material that I wrote for that in collaboration with a doula, we then had it reviewed mm-hmm. by multiple very recognizable and renowned, really, OTs and other people who are working with preemies every day, including you, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. looking at that and reviewing it and looking for any errors or issues. 
having that collaborative peer review kind of process that we do in literature, it's equally important in skincare. Yeah. And so it's, it's never, it would never make sense to me to try to like do all of it because I don't think we'd end up with the best thing in the end. Yeah. So I have a general question for you because I'm just curious Mm -hmm. on my own end. So when we're talking products nowadays, people always want to know, you know, vegan, non-GMO, adult, so animal. And so as far as animal testing, do you guys animal test? No, we don't. Okay. And my my question to you is, okay, what is the purpose, the true purpose of that for animal testing when you're talking products? Like what's the thought process? The thought process is mostly around skin sensitivity and ocular safety. So what, because there are countries that still actually do it and require it and there's nothing anybody can do about that. It's just what happens. And it is a what I would call an archaic process yeah. that has been you know, developed and instituted at the, at the governmental level in many places around the world where before they put a product on market that's for human skin or to be used around the eye, they test it on animals first right. to verify that they don't see any sensitivity or reactions. There are so many better ways to do this, including with human testing, people who are very happily volunteer for free products. I will, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I would agree with you. Yeah. I feel like it's such yeah. a, there's so many other ways to do testing. Like, yeah. why do we need to do that? We don't. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Great. It's, yeah. Yep, real it's team. Outdated process. So um, to our audience, if you had to pick like your top, let's say top two sellers or your your top products, if you had to recommend mm-hmm. something to someone, what would be your best seller? Something you would recommend everybody should look into getting? Our soothing serum healing gel is my very favorite product personally. Ooh. It helps rebalance pH. It's a water-based product that has also hyaluronic acid in it, so it absorbs moisture from the air and brings it to the skin and keeps hydration longer, but without any greasy feeling of any kind. Mm -hmm. So that is, I would not use that product on a preemie just because it's it's just a little bit complex, and I think preemies should have the most simple, simple, simple. I would use it on a preemie who who is a little bit older. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, So for so. our nourishing oil, nurturing nourishing oil is so pure, so clean, so useful and provides for so many opportunities for involvement. It can be used like a lotion. It can be used like a massage. It creates an occlusive barrier over the skin. It's, it's just so simple. And it has over from the, from the phytochemicals that are in it, the antioxidants that provide nourishment and also help with with inflammation in general in the body. There are certain plants and certain components of plants that help reduce uh, irritation. And so it's it's rich in those types of oils. And it's just it's just so simple. And anybody, mm. everybody can use it. So that would be my favorite, probably for that reason. Oh, I love that. If someone has multiple sensitivities or knows uh, it runs in their family, can you recommend a product? Sure. I we've we have quite a meaningful customer base of people who have multiple chemical sensitivities and they are big fans of the products. We have never specifically tested for that specific um, issue, so we don't make any claims around it. Yeah. But we do have a large base of people who 
have shared appreciation for their ability to use these products and to feel good with them. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's when the chemical sensitivity, when people are scared by anything that has a smell at all, um, that's more of uh, the mental component of it. Uh, because certain smells create actual chemical sensitivity issues and others don't. Right. But sometimes people are just afraid of it. And so for people who who aren't going to experience any kind of joy around any kind of smell, then the only product from us that I would recommend would be the nourishing oil because it truly, truly smells like almost nothing. It's like a faint, faint, faint cranberry scent. So we use no synthetic fragrance. Got it. So it's not even natural fragrance. There's no synthetic fragrance. See, and this is good. So all of your the fragrances that would come through the products are from natural, truly natural sources. Like they're coming from the whatever you're using. Yeah, they're coming from the ingredients that we've selected to support the skin. So there's nothing added specifically for smell. So I know, obviously, you have your this amazing uh, best ever baby organic line. And you're a true entrepreneur, which is why I really wanted to bring you on. And I think you just have this super spirit about you. And can we talk about your other skincare lines as well? And yes. sort of that development and give me the deets. <laughs> yes, it all means. <clears throat> so a brand that I co-founded and did formula development for several years ago at this point is called Kelsen Products. That's K-E-L-S-E-N. And that is a unisex, but really mostly men's line of grooming mm. products. So if you remember, I said I have 14 and 17-year-old boys. Yes. And I wanted to, I was very interested in this market that services young men. So the, the founders of that market are really quite famous skateboarders and surfers. Oh. So interesting. <laughs> yes. Okay. And they wanted they felt like there was nothing out there that spoke to their core values and that they loved the products and I thought and they so they asked me for help and I thought this is a really neat opportunity to dive into an audience that is you know similar to my sons right. and also create a message there that could potentially help them and create awareness in the future. So what I learned about that market is that almost all hair products are made with microplastics, especially conditioners and pomades, cream pomades. And what that means is that when people are conditioning or washing or using pomade, they're putting microplastics down the drain without even knowing it. And one thing that we know for sure about the generation, you know, my children's generation, essentially, is that they care very deeply about the environment and the ocean, and they want to be conscious and proactive consumers. It means yeah. a lot to them, Yeah, thankfully. Yeah. And the idea that they would be using products that have or microplastics in them without even knowing it, it felt, it, it made me mad. <laughs> I was like, that is not cool. <laughs> so I wanted them to be able to have a message about the ocean. You know, they're surfers, right? So mm. it's very authentic for them to be able to speak to the ocean and the environment. And um, so that was a that was a very special heart project. As I said, awesome. like these brands and products are my love language. It's <laughs> well, and it's timely because I feel like it's it's always fun to throw yourself into something that is timely with your life. Like it's it works. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like you can throw yourself into it because it's meaningful and you're like, I, this is going to directly affect my family. And that's such a cool yeah. feeling. 
like to be able yeah. to do that. It is so, it creates a huge amount of motivation and drive and inspiration and it feels relevant it, and it, it all sort of layers on each thing layers on itself to, to make me feel like I have purpose yeah. and I, it's a good feeling. As a timeline to the development of your products, because so I think there's a difference between like a business owner, right, and then a true entrepreneur. And I would consider you a true entrepreneur in the fact of like you develop this and then, you know, you're constantly coming up with new ideas for new things. What was the progression of like your products through your life? Like what was your first product that you did up till now? All right. Um, I was, I was dating a boy when I was in college. I lived in Santa Barbara. Okay. He lived in San Francisco. And we were driving back and forth, back and forth to visit each other. And so I started stopping at these truck stops and I got really interested in them. And um, there's a specific group of them called Flying J truck stops. Mm -hmm. And so you know them. I know them well. <laughs> Back yeah. and forth from Arizona, we always stop at a Flying J. Yeah. So I would go in there and something I noticed was that there were really quite a lot of women drivers, but the environment in that place was not friendly to women, uh, not at all friendly mm -hmm. to women. And so I started a kiosk business where we put little stations essentially in all the Flying J's that had things that women, I thought women would like, trinkets and crystals and mm. feel good kinds of things because I thought, you know, these women are working hard, they're driving long distances and there's just nothing for them when they stop to rest that feels comfortable and safe and familiar. And so... That was my first uh, brand. It was called Lady D Gifts, Lady Driver, Lady D Gifts. <laughs> well, it was pretty funny, actually. The, um, the, it turned out that a lot of these men also wanted to buy things for their wives or girlfriends at home. And so you're unexpected serving, benefit. Yeah, you're serving <laughs> a population that didn't even know they needed it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But as women started seeing their credit card statements come in mm -hmm. and saw Lady D gifts. <gasps> Some of them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. Oh my God, my yep. head didn't even go there. That's so <laughs> great. The oh. number of phone calls that I received. Branding. Of, That's all branding right there. I yeah. Oh, yeah. So funny. They, these women were really worried that their husbands were cheating on them. Oh and I felt God. so bad. You're like, no, no, no. <laughs> no. Wow. So then what was your yeah. next adventure? Next adventure was creating a skincare distribution group. Um, and that was, I really wanted to move and have like a reason to be in San Francisco, the city. So uh, there were certain skincare brands that didn't have distribution in the Bay Area. And so I started a rep group and had multiple brands and went out to estheticians and doctor's offices and um, sold them skincare to mm -hmm. so use in their practices. So at this point for you, are you are you managing several companies at this point or how does it no. work for you on your, yeah, how do no. you? I was a kid. I was trying to make money so that I could, you know, go to the bar and have a drink with my friends and yeah. take a weekend in Napa. And like, yeah. I just needed money. And I didn't, I, 
I mean, I, there was always a good reason from an ethical perspective or a values perspective yeah. to do the things I did. Um, but also it was just a way to earn money. Can you speak to maybe, because I know we're in some like hard times right now, but you know, everyone's shifting, right? We're kind of getting creative and we're doing all these things. And maybe to the to the entrepreneur who's coming up and wants to do something, do you have a piece of advice or something to them? Especially right now, I guess in COVID, this is just crazy times, <laughs> but you have that spirit. And I think no matter what, that would be in you. You guys know how important it is for me to provide you with resources, especially things that I use. And there is no better time to be talking about this, mental health. I've tried to open up with you guys as much as I can about my anxiety and the things that I'm struggling through, not to mention the fact that I know so many NICU moms and dads who struggle through PTSD. The spectrum is so large here. And given the fact that we are in such odd times, it's so important to give you guys things that are accessible, affordable, and convenient. That's why I am thrilled to be sharing with you what I have been using, better help. This is an online therapy program that offers access to licensed, trained, experienced, and accredited psychologists, marriage and family therapists, clinical social workers, and board-licensed professional counselors. Whether you're looking for individual counseling, couple counseling, teen counseling, or struggling working during this pandemic with COVID and struggling through some anxiety, this is the perfect tool for you guys. Let me get specific about how this works. So you go through a series of questions to personalize your experience and a therapist who fits your needs and your preferences from their 7,000 accredited experienced counselors will match to you. BetterHelp has been featured on NBC, New York Times, Men's Journal, CNBC, Huffington Post, and the like goes on. Initially, when I started with BetterHelp, I was talking to someone weekly, and now I'm sort of doing a check-in once a month, and that works for me. But you guys, you have access to your counselors whenever you need them. So if you or someone you know is interested in trying this, head over to betterhelp.com forward slash selfie. That's betterhelp.com forward slash selfie and get 10% off of your first month when you go. And you guys know how I feel about this. Mental health is worth the investment. So head over to betterhelp.com forward slash selfie to try it out today. All right, you guys, back to the show. I think that there are incredible resources online. Maybe it's Masterclass. Maybe it's, I forget even all their names. There are so many resources online to learn things that you don't necessarily know and that are valuable, really valuable, really important. And for most of the entrepreneurs who I know, certainly not all, they most of them don't immerse in the financials of their businesses and their ideas in a way that would help them. And I think that's because it's, it's a different language. And so I think that now would be a great time to to be patient and take the take the time to do the some of that hard learning because it really serves your overall dreams and visions yeah. to have a balanced knowledge base. Yes. To sort of slow down and really learn your craft. I think yeah, that's... Well, yeah, to take advantage because to learn something for a person who's not naturally interested in 
numbers and Excel and all of that, it takes an incredible amount of discipline and patience. You have to yeah. be patient with yourself. You have to yes. be disciplined about taking the steps. Like take yourself to school. You know, work through it. Yeah. I think it's a good time to, because there is a little bit more time for a lot of people to have the space to exercise that discipline in their lives. Yeah, to take the time and to really get down into the niche. Because I think that's another thing too with nursing, you know, and I've kind of, you know, really tried to make that my message with a lot of upcomers who are maybe not in practice right now, is this really is a time to sort of learn your craft and to really take the time to you know do the research and dive deep into the practitioner you want to be and you know that sort of applies I think to everyone to be resilient and to push through this time I think that's a huge you know and this is why I love you is you're really in that woman power space and entrepreneur and you know we are in the weirdest times but there's still room for so much growth right now in so many different ways Yes, yes, there is. And we've seen that too. And so to answer, to speak to that, and also one of your previous questions, um, BEB Organic is that skincare line is it operates almost on its own. I have almost no day to day I have no day to day responsibilities for that anymore. So sort of like built it. There are people who do that now. And I just get to look at it sometimes and like yeah. warm my, you know, have it, let it warm my heart a little bit. And yeah. then in the past couple of years, what I've been working on is two other brands. One is called Bambini Fortuna and the other is called Fortuna Skin. And they have, so I'm co-founder in both of those brands and CEO. And so very active day-to-day role. Yeah, that's heavy. <laughs> very, it's very, very busy. Right. And those are also you know heart brands that have messages and storytelling and all of those things. But it's it's exactly to your point of um, you know building something and then leaving it behind in some ways, letting it grow up. Maybe that's a better way, like letting it graduate. Right. Right. And like <laughs> and okay, then... <laughs> it, I served my time there. Yeah. Moving on. Yeah. And so these new brands were in that state now or in that process now. And we were launching when COVID hit uh, with Fortuna Skin. Whoa. So, yeah. So there's been a really significant impact where we had to, across the team, 11 employees across the team, be able to slow down and say, okay, here are all the things we were planning on doing that we can't do. What can we do that will yield longer-term benefits, that's an investment that's worth all of our time, asking those questions, um, thinking longer-term, and then also thinking internally. Like, what is each person incredibly good at that doesn't necessarily require much outside resource or outside spend? It's just a person shining in their brightest light. What can they do? I'm a big believer in that is sort of bringing your best self no matter what to who you are, you know, what am I providing to this company? What am I providing to this unit? What am I, you know, how am I making myself the best nurse I possibly can? Um, I think that's a great message for sure. Well, your smile lights up the world. So just know (laughs) that when you you smile, you are bringing a greatness to whatever space you're in. Well, thank you. I I do appreciate that. So as far as like, you have so much going on and I like going into like specifics on on successful individuals. What is a day in the life like for you now? I mean, obviously COVID <laughs> has changed everything, but what is it like? I didn't know it was possible to work harder than I did, but that's what's ended up happening. I agree. Because I, 
Yeah. Same on my end. I'm like, I'm busier now than I, but I'm curious, like, how do you, because I feel like you're balancing so much. Well, walks. Walks are very important to me. So I'll walk two to three hours per day around my neighborhood and on the phone during conference calls. So I time the walks to calls when I don't need to be in front of my computer. And that I've been doing that for years and years and years. It keeps me sane. I love it. it it's a form of meditation for me, yeah. at least when I'm not on a conference call. Yeah. That's actually had to shift a little bit because of all the Zoom calls. So things that might have been conference calls before that were just audio have now transitioned to Zoom. things also visual. Yeah. So that's been my my style's been a little hampered there. But I love <laughs> the coffee. Yeah. Um, and I love drinking it and I love the way it feels. So I make half calf and then drink a lot of it so that oh. I can drink more. Oh, I like <laughs> this tip because I'm like you. I love the ritual. Uh-huh. I love coffee. That's a good idea. Yeah. Half-calf. It extends oh, okay. the pleasure a little bit. Yeah, I love um, that. The boys have been waking up later and later, but generally we have a we have a morning hug ritual, which they have allowed me to continue, which I appreciate very much. So mm. when they wake up, um, I'll hear them, they'll come in, or I'll find them somewhere in the house, and we do a, a hug, which I count in my head at six seconds. I try oh. to always get that six seconds, because that's how you get your oxytocin lift. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there you go. Those are sort of the things that are consistent. I walk, I like my coffee. In the evenings, I'll have a glass of wine. Sometimes do. Yes, yes. Um, and seeing and engaging with the boys, cooking. I usually do make something that's mm-hmm. also meditative for me. That's uh, chopping. Uh, sometimes I'll chop things and then not cook them just because <laughs> I enjoy the process of chopping. Yes. Um, and then literally everything else is work. All of it. Yeah. All the awake time. Oh, the dogs. Oh, and I the do dogs. Feed the, the dogs. We have three rescues now. We meant to only have two. <laughs> but we have three. Oh my god! <laughs> and so playing with them, feeding them—that's um, fun too. That's definitely a, a part of. But there's no I, days. Whatever is sort of in front of me is often what I do. Like anything that requires at one to three hours of real focus time, mm-hmm. I have to do generally really early. I'll get up. If I need something where I just really have to focus, I'll get up three or four in the morning because it's the only way to carve out uninterrupted time and do that. You're, you're a mom, you're a wife, you're a CEO. Like how do you feel like there's like two or three good tips you could give to someone balancing these kinds of things or like has aspirations to become an entrepreneur or to get into this space? Yeah, I mean, so my best one for people who have kids already and who are dealing with schools and all of that, this was a tip that was passed on to me by a woman named Alita Brill and it was passed on to her by Betty Friedan who wrote The Feminine Mystique. And I think this tip is really worth sharing. It is that your kids won't, if you're working, if you're working in the, in the workforce, not just, not only working at home, yeah. um, then there's uh, a way to stay involved in school and also do some work at home for that balance piece by focusing on the school activities where you're with the kids. So it's not PTA, it's not uh, volunteering with other parents to do things. It's volunteering to be with the kids. So if there's crafting, like working the crafting table with the kids, if there's the kids won't remember you know, what you did, but they'll remember if you were there. 
And when you're with other parents, as somebody who's trying to balance a lot, a lot, a lot of things, um, it's just not, I think, serving the real goal, which is to give to the kids. So that's one tip that I think was very helpful to me. It really helped a lot because there was a time when I was the, you know, I was on the board of the school and you know, contributing a great, great many hours when my kids were little. And then Alita was like, that's not going to help with your particular goals. Like that might be the perfect solution for somebody who has different goals, but the way you are, that's not going to work for you. So I thought that was a good tip. Being present with your kiddos. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, other tips are to push through the things you don't want to do by putting them in your calendar. <laughs> like, put it in <laughs> put the, it calendar. the calendar. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Give it time. Um, the best book I've read um, was called Onlyness. Um, and it was Nilifer Merchant who really emphasized the idea of people to to figure out what what they are good at what they're great at and to stay focused on that and not try to be great at everything which goes completely against what I said before um, learn the numbers but it's not it's different it's I'm not trying to say become a, a CPA it's just know what the CPA is giving you like when you get it know how to read it right 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 (laughs) um understand yeah. the the dynamics of a, of a lot yeah. of things right yeah um and then the last one i think would be there's another book called one one something i forget um and this author made an entire case for really just having one thing that was the most important thing that you needed to do um that you built from like what's that one thing that you want in 20 years and then really gets you to the idea of what's the one thing you have to do today? Just one. What's the one thing you have to do? It doesn't mean there aren't other things that need to be done. But the idea was we only have so much discipline that we're capable of. So if you do your one thing, then all the other things are just bonus and you get to feel good about yourself. Because I think people who try to take on too much, um, like me, there's risk of not feeling accomplished, of not feeling like you've done anything. And so the idea is to have one thing and then you get to feel good about yourself. I definitely feel (laughs) that on so many levels. I feel like, you know, I think you and I are maybe cut from similar cloth in the sense Mm -hmm. of like, I really love the entrepreneur aspect and the, the, I don't know, the empowerment moment you have. And I feel like I just resonate with that just because, first of all, I'm very ADD. So I feel like I am constantly (laughs) looking for the next thing, the next thing. And it is hard to sort of, you know, I agree where I kind of have to sit myself down. And I think in my little realm, it's, you know, write down the most important things you need to get done right now. You know, and when I was, for example, starting the podcast, it was like, okay, I need to figure out how to do this. So I need to first buy the equipment, figure that out. Then I need to figure out branding. Like, how do I want, how do I want people to see this? And then I need to, you know, so it was this like process and this little daily thing where I would do one thing every day or two things every day to kind Mm -hmm. of make that happen. And it is hard because I do think sometimes for a lot of us who are taking on a lot of things, it can be hard to sort of like sit yourself down and really focus <laughs> on the things that are important or how to get to that goal. 
Yeah, and that's true. Especially when you have a lot going on. So I do think that's interesting because, yeah, I, I would say sometimes you feel – I do feel like a chicken with a head cut off and then I don't take a minute to be like, okay, I accomplished this. Mm-hmm. This is mm-hmm. good. Yeah, we have to reward ourselves a little bit. Yeah. Nobody else will. No one – exactly. <laughs> Although I feel very rewarded by you today. I can't oh. – like, this is wonderful for my – ego. Well, Thank this is you. good because I just, <laughs> I love everything you're doing. And I think it's, uh, you know, I see that in you, the entrepreneur, that spirit. And I think it's very, um, something that I really admire in women when, I don't know, I guess, cause I was raised by such a strong woman. Like my mom is, is this crazy strong person. And I'm always really drawn to that. I'm really drawn to the women that are doing so many things. And, you know, you're balancing a lot. You're a mom, you're a wife, you have, several companies you're you know this amazing entrepreneur and I just am fascinated by it (laughs) well I'm happy to get to share so I know you offered two books um is there any other resources or a Netflix or a podcast or something that you feel like our audience could take away from or something that you really like oh my goodness I mean, the shows that I've been thoroughly enjoying lately are Mrs. America, because it's educational about the second wave of feminism and like the the era of Gloria Steinem and Betty Friedan. Really just fascinating because I know nothing about it. The nice thing about uh, Mrs. America is that it's historical fiction, but there's a lot of fact in there. And then the nice thing about Killing Eve is that it's so bizarre. It's just so takes you out of whatever. It's like these two completely compulsive, obsessive, crazy women Uh who are literally trying to kill each other (laughs) (laughs) through like MI6 and all this other stuff. So just totally bizarre. Okay. We'll have Uh, to check that out. Yeah. (laughs) Bizarre. Love it. And then I guess the last resource that I think is spectacular is uh, a book that has become really important and valuable to me in terms of trying to learn to become a a better leader or the best leader that I can be. It's called Radical Candor. And it's all about how to communicate with teams and get people aligned with the vision. So to your point about sort of an entrepreneur they have an idea, right? And they need other people to, first of all, find other people who care about that idea. (laughs) But then once you have people around you who are aligned in that that matters to them, whatever that idea is, uh, then everybody has to work together. (laughs) So figuring out how how to create that level of alignment and productivity, I think is a, it's, it's a it's a I think it's a lifelong learning curve. The best book that I've seen is Radical Candor for that. Oh, awesome. Do you have one last little like life tip for people before we go? Um, just something that they could take away a little nugget that you have for them? Something that's very important to me is that when somebody leaves my house, like my child or my husband or a friend, I think it's important to hug them goodbye, say goodbye, acknowledge their presence, and ideally walk them to the door. (laughs) It's just a presence thing that matters. Family matters. Especially now. Yeah, it's a wonderful. I mean, I love that. I feel like I love, you know, when we get back to everything, just having people be here and feel homey. And I think being present is really important. So I love that. Awesome. (laughs) So before we go, uh, we got to give you a nice shout out. So where can everybody find you? And yes. So Instagram websites, where can everybody find you? 
The best place to find me is Instagram. It's Kim Walls LA. So K-I-M-W-A-L-L-S-L-A for Los Angeles, because that's where I get my inspiration and where I live. Um, and there, there are links to all the brands I've created and worked on and more about everything. And seminars, sometimes I recently did a seminar with a group called Hey Mama called The Future of Work, which is all about working from home oh, and family. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> and very COVID relevant. Yes. Um, so anything that I'm doing or thinking about ends up on Instagram. Thank you, Kim, for coming on today. This was amazing. And um, <laughs> if anyone wants to check out the products for BEB, mm-hmm. which website should they go to? BEB Organic. Yeah. So it's BEB, which is an acronym for Best Ever Baby, Organic. BEB Organic. Dot com. I love that. Yeah, yeah, you guys definitely check those out. The products are amazing. Um, they're available online. I know I do use them at the bedside as well. So those babies are very lucky because they get them <laughs> right away. But for anyone at home, if you want to check those out, please do. They are amazing products. Um, I 100%. I mean, I can't wait to use them on my babies one day. Aww. I have. We have some in my shower right now that I use. <laughs> so... <laughs> Thank you, Kim, for coming on today. You're very most welcome. Thank you for yours. And thank you for the invitation to be here. All right. Thank you so much, Kim, for coming on the podcast. I hope you guys all took away from this episode as much as I did. And guess what? Kim and her team at BEB have kindly offered all the Selfie Podcast listeners $10 off of any order, good through September with code SELFIE, C-E-L-L-F-I-E. So if you guys swipe up, the link is right there listed for you. Not to mention the fact that I have linked all of Kim's companies that she mentioned in this episode. So Kelson Products, Bambini Fortuna, Fortuna Skin. Also her book, Recommendation Radical Candor, is linked there for you as well. And thank you so much for being here with me, you guys. I truly value your time. So there's a couple ways you guys continue to help support our show. So first thing is if you can head over to rate and review the show. Let us know what you thought about this episode, a specific part that you really learned something from. I really want to hear from you. I love reading the reviews. It's just, it's so exciting to read them and see what an impact it has on your life. And it's, it's really rejuvenating. It really helps me, kind of pushes me forward. So I really appreciate that. And as you guys know, we started with some small selfie swag a while back. So if you do leave a review, please leave your Insta handle in the review and we will slip into your DMs and send over some super cute stickers and our selfie badge reel featuring Selena, our selfie icon. Be sure you're following us on our Insta at C-E-L-L-F-I-E underscore podcast. Make sure to hit that subscribe button. You can find all of our episodes on www.tipsfromtory.com and swipe up, you guys. Look at those show notes. They are loaded with information about our guests and of course our amazing sponsors. And... Thank you so much for listening, you guys. Catch you next time.